Hello again, everybody, and welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, marketing implementation, process automation, accounting, payroll processing, CRM design and implementation, and business technology strategy consulting and implementation. In fact, they'll probably do anything you ask them to do if it's business-related. The host of today's show is Professor David Wilkins with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Good morning, Professor. Good morning, Mike, and it's great to be back. As I said in part two of this series, I'm now calling you the professor because you were able to take financial statements and equate them to physics in your different sense of a way of doing yeah. that. Uh, I'll just say warped sense of a way, but that does not sound positive. Well, but uh, Maybe from a Star Trek perspective. There you go. Warp speed. So we've been talking about financial statements in this series right. here on Business Radio X, and the three types of financial statements are income statements, balance sheets, and cash flow statements. And in the first two shows, you described what each of those was. And then in the previous show, you also described why these are necessary and why they are used. You got it. Now, today, we want to start talking about things that might sound a little bit more complex, but you'll I'm sure you'll make them sound very elementary and easy to us. Financial statement ratios and calculations. Oh, yes. So yes. now we have these statements and we know what they're used for. Now we want to talk about ratios and calculations. What do you mean by ratios and calculations? Well, the ratios and calculations are taking all that, all those numbers and basically converting them into meaningful information. And that's this, and essentially what it boils down to is, all right, now I've got all this stuff. How do I actually make any sense out of it? And how do I understand how my business is doing? And all those other people that are going to be looking at, and, and how do all how do these I, other people that are looking at these numbers, what are they looking at? And how do I try to make my business look as good as it can for those people who are going to be looking to either invest or loan you money? So, okay. Yeah. And that's, that's really why, what, what I think the, the, one of the key aspects of it is, is obviously that a lot of small businesses struggle just with the whole concept of financial statements and understanding them. So, but getting even to that next level is understanding how small business owners need to be uh, working with and measuring and managing their, their business using these ratios and calculations to do that. Um, because not only do they help them measure themselves, their business against exactly what they're doing, how they're doing, but also help them evaluate how they're doing relative to their industry. And because again, they have to understand how am I doing com compared to my uh, competitors, for example. So this is this helps this helps to do that. Plus, it they can be very effective in helping you understand what that future prospects are of the the viability. Uh, of the business as a going concern. Question, Professor. Yes. Do some companies make their financial statements public? Yes. Yeah. And f in fact, some are, re are required to make their financial statements public. And those are largely the, the fall in the corporation, uh, uh, are the corporations that are required to make them public. And, and there is a whole series of laws that the, uh, Security Exchange Commission in the United States and other uh, financial regulatory agencies in other countries uh, established as to who has to who has to publish those. But essentially, 
what it boils down to is any, any publicly traded business has to report their financial statements, at least on an annual basis. Not just to the stockholders. Not just to the stockholders. Nonprofits. Do they, 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 they typically keep those, make those public? They do to the extent that they are, again, trying to, trying to uh, promote that information to help them establish the credibility or grow their, their, uh, they're not for profit or to help to help every people in the general general community or, uh, understand exactly how their how the money that's going to that you know their contributors for example how that money where it's going and how it's being used so so they do have different uses but essentially it's all again providing information to people who are may have a financial interest or an int- uh, or potential financial interest in that organization okay now as I mentioned, that, that you know, keeping track of those financial ratios is important because investors, lenders are are really some of the key users of that information. Whether you're a large business or a small business, um, some of these ratios ref- help you measure your profitability as a company. Other measures help you to measure the ability of the company to use its current cash flow to meet its debts. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that the information in financial statements can be used. And that's what the ratios will help help you understand. So let's get started. Let's get, and then with this following up from our last show when we were talking about liquidity and how the balance sheet is helping you understand how, how liquid your company is. This is where uh, this we get started with. And we start with what's referred to as the current ratio. Now, the current ratio, the definition of current ratio is, or the calculation, I should say, is your current assets, remember the current assets and definition of balance sheet, divided by your current liabilities. So basically what it's saying is, if I look at how much, and from a, as, as essentially becomes like a percentage, what, how many, how much more money do I have in my assets than I do in how much I owe that it has to be paid off in the in a first year in in one year. So what you want to make sure is you're having you have at least enough to cover all your obligations, and that's that's really where the where the current assets come into play because your current assets are the ones you can convert into cash. Liabilities are the ones that are going to be paid with that cash. The higher that ratio, that means you have more more funds available to pay off your current debt. The larger number there, the better. So that's a, that's a fairly simple one. Now, the current ratio, but here's, but it, it also can tell you some other as, aspects of it because ne- it isn't necessarily a situation where you want it to be really, really high. Because if it's in some cases, for example, a company that has a lot of inventory or, you know, is a retailer, for example, or, or a manufacturer, if they have a really high current ratio and a lot of that high ratio comes from the fact that they're, that it's that their inventory number is very high that could also be telling you you're probably carrying too much inventory relative to how much you're actually you have to pay off in those current liabilities which is probably paying off the vendors who are supplying you with that inventory so if it says the inventory is really high you have a high current ratio that may be saying you need need to figure out how to get that ratio down. You need to be selling more inventory and not buying so much. 
So see, it can work in many different ways. Now, there's another one that is another way to measure your current ratio, and that's called the quick ratio. And your quick ratio, which is your current asset, your current, your cash and your cash equivalents and your short-term investments and your accounts receivable, those are essentially everything but inventory. And then you divide that by your current liabilities. Now, what that's really telling you is this is, this, this is the money or these are the assets that you, that really, for all intents and purposes, are the easiest to use to pay off any loans, any debt that's out there that has to be paid within that first year. And it, it's also really reflects the fact that that liquidity ratio, it's a liquidity ratio and it, and it, it really helps you determine the firm's ability to generate cash, its ability to cover its current liabilities. So again, it's, it's similar to the current ratio, but it's different in the sense that it does not include inventory. So it gives you a sense of the difference there, helps you manage the, the, the your, your, it's a cash management technique. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. Now, the whole key here is that lenders look at this as a way to, again, measure their abil- your, your ability to pay off your debts and, and how, how quickly you'll be able to pay off the debts and how... Or if you default, how quickly you can get, turn things into cash exactly. and pay off those debts. Exactly. And that's, and that's where it's key. That's where it's key. Okay. Now, that leads right into the next ratio, which is your debt service coverage ratio. And this is used typically to, to address when you've got term loans. Um, and essentially what you're dealing with there is your, your service coverage ratio, is a, uh, which you may see the acronym DSCR. Uh, that, that gets used in, in, in financial statements or not so much in the financial statements, but in the discussion of the, of the ratios and so forth. But that's your net operating income divided by your total debt service. What is your total debt service? Your total debt service is all the payments that you're making, whether they're on short-term debt or long-term debt, that is going to be paid out in a given year. So it gives you that ability to understand how much money in your ability to generate is the, is the income that the business generating. Is it sufficient to cover all the debt that you, you, you will end up having to pay back in that given year. Okay. Then now the, uh, the thing about the debt service coverage ratio ratio is there is no, like, and most, like most ratios, there is no one single number that is the right number because vendors, or I should say the lenders, I should lenders, vendors, they all, they all, <laughs> they all merge together after a while. Don't they? Lenders don't all have the same number that they're looking at. Some, some they lenders, have requirements. they have different requirements and some, some, uh, some lenders are much more stringent. They look for much higher debt service coverage ratios. Uh, other ones are a little bit more, perhaps a little bit a little more lenient, if you will. And may um, perhaps, you know, charge a higher interest rate, be a little bit more lenient, but you might pay a little bit more in the long haul. Uh, that, that's right. That's right. Because essentially what it is, it's a measure of risk. Essentially, 
from a lender's perspective, what's the risk that a the debt won't be paid, which is which is really key there. Next, we get into the the uh, profitability ratios. These are used to determine the uh, sustainability of a small business. Essentially, what's the likelihood that this business is going to going to still be in business a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, and it helps helps investors because they're going to be they're they're obviously very interested in that, as well as the uh, your lenders and your vendors as well, because again, it's a question of ultimately in the day, if I'm whether I'm loaning you money or selling you product on account, what's the likelihood I'm going to get my money back? So that's why that's why it's important, and it's important from a from the user uh, from the uh, the owner of the business to help you man uh, understand how you're doing. So your operating profit margin, which is considered your operating profits, remember that was the, the definition back from income st- uh, from the income statement, which is all the the net pro- well is your is your profit before you get to uh, interest and taxes and other expenses divided by your net revenue. So it's basically saying, what is your, your, your profit margin? And that profit margin, uh, you know, again, varies a lot from industry to industry. Some industries, for example, uh, if you take the uh, grocery industry, you know, your, your operating profit margin is maybe, in, this is a single digits, might be five, six, 7%. Um, you know, other businesses, uh, services businesses, your operating profit margin could be uh, up in the uh, 20, 30, 50, or, or 40%, you know, depending upon the nature of, of the business. So it varies a lot from industry to industry. And that's where, that's where the comparative analysis comes into play, understanding how you're doing relative to the other, other businesses in your industry. Okay, then we get into the net profit margin. And that net profit margin is really a, a, a slightly more refined version of the from from what we just from the from our, our operating profit, profit. Op, operating profit margin. You know, even I have trouble spitting out some of these terms after. See, a while. the great thing about these podcasts is you can rewind and listen to things again <laughs> if you're picking up on this because this is a, a little bit more. Uh, not confusing, but there's a lot more depth here than when we just talk about exactly what the financial statements are. That's a good point. You're talking about now, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're talking about now calculations and ratios. Right. A little bit more thinking now and probably a good time to say this is if you're a business owner and you're you're spending time obviously selling your widgets or making your widgets, this is why you want a good CPA or a good bookkeeper to help you with this these, these, these reports. That's, that's, you've got, you hit it. You hit a very good point. Because there may be people listening to this podcast going, it's just, I'm starting to, starting to kind of go a little bit over my head, but that's, but this is just giving you kind of the basics. But again, more reason to understand the importance of a CPA or a bookkeeper to help you, you know, you, you may not understand it, but you want to have somebody that's on staff or a consultant or whatever that understands this. Well, that's right. And, and the more information you have, you know, then the better you can make decisions. And yes, you may not understand uh, all the calculations and how they work. But if you have enough information about the fact that, hey, there are these ratios, what do they what do they really mean? You can talk to your accountant 
and and basically have your accountant explain them to you in a way that's really relates to your exact numbers. And what do they what what's what's the implications? Um, the other thing too that you'll find that if you're if you're looking to, for a loan, again, knowing that the the invest the uh, or investor, you know, knowing the investors and the bankers are going to be looking at these numbers, they're going to ask questions about them. And it's better to at least have a sense of what they're what they're looking for, uh, so that you can add, you know, again talk to your accountant, your CPA, who hopefully will be there helping you through that presentation, that can uh, can help help explain that. But you don't want to you don't want to act like you don't know anything about them because that doesn't provide a whole lot of credibility when it comes to to a banker. Right, but you can't you can't fake it and expect to, you know and try to be an expert if you're not an expert. No, don't which try. Is why, that. as you say, surround yourself with the people that do understand this. That yes, but just because you may not quite understand all of it does not lower the importance of having these documents and having them current. Boy, I couldn't have said it any better. That's why I said it for you, Professor. Thank you. <laughs> I may you may become the graduate assistant here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's a step up. There we go. There we go. So anyhow, when we when we're talking about the you know the net profit margin, which again is net income divided by net revenue, as opposed to operating income divided by net revenue, this is really this is really the one that if you if you refer to that bottom line, give me the bottom line. This is the this is the one ratio that really reflects that bottom line because the net income is the Ending result after all your revenues and all your expenses are taken into account, what is the quote unquote bottom line? That's that's what net income is. And dividing that by the net revenue gives you your net profit margin. Now, the again, and it it varies from industry to industry. So you you know, you a, a given um a profit margin of say ten percent, you may think a profit margin of ten percent is is not very good. But relative to the relative to the other businesses in that industry, ten percent might be a very good one. So it, it it all depends, and that's where again having the right people advising you can help guide you in that area. This is also one that provides you a good over, uh, tracking over a period of time. And again, back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, in terms of if your net profit margin is going up, that's saying you're probably doing something right. And hopefully you you understand what it is you're doing right, so you can do more of it. And if it's going down, obviously there's reasons it's going down. You have to figure out why it's going down. Again, is it because your sales are going down? Is it your expenses going up or some something like that? But having a ratio like that, having that profit margin un, readily available, gives you a, a a flag that you can check real quick. Okay, now. We get into the next one, which is your return on assets. And this this is one that's basically saying, how efficient is the business in using the all the assets that it has available to it to generate income? Because that's essentially what, what ultimately at the end of the day it's all about, is you're, you're, you're leveraging your assets to make to operate the business and grow the business. So if you're if you know if you're looking at uh you know considering a, a loan or venture capital or or any type of of increase you know funding external funding um this is going to be one of those that's going to be really important. 
And it, it's really, again, how, how, do you, how do you calculate it? You calculate your return on investment by dividing your net income, which is that same net income we use in the net profit margin, divided that by the total assets. So instead of looking at dividing it by net revenue, which is where your profit margin comes in, now we're talking about total assets. So this is basically saying what, what percentage, what profit or a per, uh, percentage of, the, of that business, uh, percentage of those, those assets is readily converted each year into or over a period of time is converted into net income. And that is basically, again, helping you to understand how profitable that business is in terms of leveraging and using up using its assets. So the, the the higher the ratio means that a company is using its assets more effectively, more efficiently than than a business that has a very low ratio. Now the 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 challenge is that that and this is where you, you have to understand the differences in the ratios because Unlike the quick or the current ratio, where a high ratio may not necessarily always be a good thing, in the case of a return on assets, you can't you can't have it too high. You know, actually, I you know it would be great if you could have have it over over a hundred percent, because that's meaning that's basically saying you're you're generating uh, huge amounts of profit on your assets. And here, this is one case: more is better. Next, we get into our cash flow ratio. And then the cash flow ratios goes back to our what we talked about in our last show with the cash flow statements, where the money comes from and where it's going. And the first one is our operating cash flow to sales ratio. So operating, how you calculate your operating cash is is essentially that cash that is really left over after your operations. And you're dividing that by your net revenue. So this is basically saying, okay, how much of, of that, thinking back, you, know, you're, you have your, the money that comes in from your revenues, less all the money that's going out to, up to run the business, all your expenses, that's your operating cash flow. Then your net revenue is, is basically what that what that uh, essentially your income is now. If you take that and divide that, that basically saying is how much of the cash, what percentage of your revenues is left over, and is usable for other aspects of the business. And you want that to be a high number. That one you do want to be another. Yes, you're right. You want that to be high again. Because again, uh, the higher the number, that just equates to a, a much healthier, uh, healthier business. Because the higher the number here, this is where you get in. The, you may the term cash cow comes into play, because at certain levels, of uh, you know, a business that is seen as a cash cow actually can be a good target for takeover, because there are a lot of businesses out there who look for cash cows to acquire because that means they're throwing off. It's, Generating a lot of surplus cash over over what they're they're spending. What number do I need to get to be a cash cow? That's the number <laughs> I'm shooting for. It all depends on what industry it is. Again, that that's where that's where you get into the the question of how do you uh, how do you know the right number? It 
The answer is it depends. And it depends on the industry. Some, some can have throw off a lot of cash. Uh, others throw off um, much lower amounts of cash. And again, it just depends. And it goes back to the in your profit profit margins and, and the, that we talked about earlier. And if it's a negative number, you're in a lot of trouble. You're in trouble. Yep, exactly. Now, the next one is your free cash flow to operating cash flow ratio. Say so that three I, times. You say yeah. that three times. <laughs> you couldn't even say it one time, could you? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, Free you know, cash flow to operating cash flow ratio. Yeah, I probably needed more coffee this morning. A little baby baby bump bunker but bumpers. Yeah, what, whatever it is. Yeah. Rubber baby. Rubber baby buggy bunker. There you go. See? Almost, almost. There, you go. Yeah, there we go. All right. So what are we talking about? What's operating cash flow? Operating cash flow is your operating cash flow less your capital expenditures divided by your operating cash flow. What the heck does that mean? That means basically... Glad you're explaining this and not me. All right. All right. So here's what you're doing here. This is, this is one that, that comes in, particularly when you're looking at uh, a, a business that has a lot of assets. Uh, fixed assets, for example, it might be in real estate, might be in manufacturing, so forth, construction. Then what you're what you're looking at is you want to take your your operating income, and you, which is basically going back to, to calculating that for your operating cash flow, and you want to subtract from that the cash that's used in financing your capital expenditures. So, for example, if you if you bought a uh, new truck, you know, you're a trucking company, you buy a new tractor trailer unit, and it costs you a couple hundred thousand dollars. Now, that's a capital expenditure. That's that's the hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand dollars off of what your uh, your operating cash flow was. Then that gives you, and you divide that by your operating cash flow. That gives you a much more rigorous number to be looking at because this is really. What is referred to as the free cash flow. <clears throat> In other words, the, fa- the cash that's actually available over and above everything that that's not been committed to any other purchases. Can it be called profit? No, no, because again, profit is it has, is this is even this is a subset of the profit because the profit is one of the inputs into that operating cash flow, but you're using some of that profit. To actually fund acquisitions, and purchases of, of assets. So you've actually, in effect, you think about it as you're going through the year, you're making a commitment to buy something. You're, you know, you're going to know you're going to buy a truck, for example. You're not going to spend that money on something else because you know you're going to have to spend the money on the truck. So what you're really looking at there, and this is what, again, where, where, where your investors and your bankers that look at is saying, okay, over and above all your, pur- your your commitments to purchase assets, how much cash is left over? Because then now it gives us a better understanding of what your real true cash flow is from a percentage basis that can be applied to, uh, to, to debt service or investment uh, return or returns on investments, dividends, things like that. So those are, you know, that, those are one of some of the ways you really, um, you know, help to indicate that it's 
the more that you have, the better your ca- operating cash flow is, the better a small business is to handle, you know, you get into those cash crunches, you know? So if you, if you, you, you can help avoid those cash crunches when you have a higher ratio and to meet your debt payments. And the last one we're going to talk about today, talking about debt payments, is your short-term debt coverage. And remember, short-term debt, that's the debt that's going to be paid off in less than 12 months. And you, and you calculate this ratio, debt coverage ratio by your operating cash flow. But this is, this is the operating cash flow, not, not excluding those capital expenditures divided by your short-term debt. And then that, again, is another way of measuring uh, your ability to, to, to basically cover, cover the, your debt service in the upcoming year. And again, you want to, bankers are looking for uh, a, a high ratio here. So, and you could even take it more refined than that if you really wanted to. You could, you could take it and you could combine your free cash flow to operating cash flow ratio with your short-term debt coverage ratio and come up with even a more rigorous measure of the same thing. All right. So there are three cash flow ratios, and you just went through all three of them. Operating and, cash flow to sales ratio, free cash flow to operating cash flow ratio, and finally, short-term debt coverages. Yes. And when you score well in all three of those areas, then you're much more attractive to investors and lenders. That's exactly right. And it basically is going to also tell you that your your chances of surviving for the next 12 months are, are pretty good. But alas... Those are not all the ratios and calculations oh, involved. There no. are more, there aren't are there? More. We're only about we're about almost halfway through. But we will save that for the next show. We will save that for the next show. All right, Professor David Wilkins. For those listening that would like to to, to find out more about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp and all the services that your company offers, where can they get more information about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp? All right. To find out more about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp, you can go to our website at www.sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com or contact us at 678-996-1312 or info at sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. And if they call that number, can they ask for Professor Wilkins? They certainly can. All right. Sounds good. And a reminder, this has been Sterling Rose's uh, Consulting Corp's radio show, Strategic Insights Radio. This was part three of what, right? And we got a part, part three. four coming part up four. now. We're going to have a part four coming up as we talk about these financial statements. Uh, so for David Wilkins, I'm Mike Salmon. And again, you are listening to Business Radio X.